Welcome to Faith Kit, a weekly conversation with Rev. Dr. Glenn Miles and noted guests, dialoguing their life of faith in today's culture. Let's join Dr. Miles and today's guest. Hello, everyone. This is Glenn Miles, the Senior Minister at First Community Church, and you're listening to Faith Kit. And our focus in this series of podcasts is on our 2023 stewardship campaign at First Community. And today's guest is uh, one of our newest uh, pastors on staff, Tim Van Sant, who is the Minister of, of Community Justice. Tim's good to see you. Good to be here. Glad we could be here to talk about the pennant baseball race. Uh, no, we're not talking about baseball. Um, oh. This is not about baseball. Okay. okay. No, in right. fact, well, I, my understanding is the entire season has been canceled. Oh, yes. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I've been told. That's right. Okay. Uh, Tim, of course, is a Cleveland Guardians fan, and I'm a San Francisco Giant fan, and the Giants have tanked the last uh, four or five weeks. And the, the Indians are still hanging around. It's sort of amazing. It's been a rough time uh, for the Giants. A little better time for Cleveland. A little better time. But uh, hope springs eternal. Uh, wait till next year is my, is my current launcher for, for my Giants. Um, so, Tim, take a little bit. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the fact that you're a baseball fan, and and um, I don't know if you realize this, but you've taken over for Jim Long as my go-to guy to talk sports with around the, uh, I, around the staff. I've heard that's the only reason I was hired, so I appreciate that. <laughs> it might have been the number one reason why, but there's there's a few others, too. Uh, speaking of that, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and, and where you grew up and all that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. I'm actually from Central Ohio originally. I grew up in a very small town that probably no one's heard of that's listening to this. It's Richwood, Ohio, right outside of Marysville. has about 2,000 people, maybe two uh, light stops in, in the town. Uh, very small, very small, but uh, that's where I grew up. It's a rural area. I lived with my mom and my stepfather, and, and I have two sisters. And then I also have a father uh, that uh, lived in Maslin, which is kind of northeast Ohio, but uh, yeah, I grew up there, rural, uh, rural community. So I was I was really into sports. Uh, played everything growing up. Once I got into high school, I was a golfer like Stewart over there, and uh, played basketball, which we share uh, a love for. Um, so went there. Start. I actually went to Ohio State for a couple quarters before I joined uh, the U.S. Air Force. Hmm. Enlisted through the Air Force. Did that for about four years, got my degree while I was in, hmm. went to the officer training school, um, went that route, became, became a brand new lieutenant, and uh, joined the Air Force to see the world, and they stationed me in Missouri, in Ohio, <laughs> so I stayed in the Midwest, except for the times I was in the Middle East, um, but I did that for about eight years, and then I, I was actually stationed at Wright Pat down in Dayton, Ohio, when I got out in 2010. Wow. And Hang on a second. Where yes. in the Middle East were you stationed? I went to Pakistan. I was deployed to Pakistan for about six months. I want to say that was the summer of 2004. Can you can you tell us what you did there? Or is it I can tell uh, you a little top, bit. Yeah. My job, the, uh, no, I think I can tell you about it. I do have a top secret clearance to this very day, actually, oh, wow, as a matter cool. of fact. Um, but do you have I, anything from Mar-a-Lago in your trunk? That we uh, no, no, I turned all that in. Oh, good. <laughs> um, when I was in Pakistan, it was the same job I did here. The entire time, my enlisted and officer time, I was a contracting officer. So I was working with, um, you know, Department of Defense contractors, getting things that needed, you know, it could be construction, supply, services, weapon systems, uh, those are some of the bigger contracts. But when you deploy, it's more working with the locals. So I worked with the Pakistani Air Force. I worked with local merchants and helped uh, procure the supplies we needed for our little base. We were a small base within a Pakistani air base of about 100 people, 100 person compound, and we ran marine missions. So the Air Force kind of ran the operations, you know, getting the planes on and off the ground while the Marines came in and did their job when they got over there. So very interesting. And actually, one of the... Some of those skills you just described are the ones I've seen you use very well since you've been on our staff. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's where a lot of the business stuff comes from. I ended up getting my MBA and working outside of the Air Force after that. But that experience in Pakistan really um, changed me in a lot of ways because, once again, I was this uh, white kid in a white town in rural Ohio. And that was my perspective. And yeah, I joined the Air Force and you know got to know lots of different other types of you know Americans. Uh, but then I went to, to Pakistan and I worked mostly with the Pakistanis there. And really opened up my eyes to a lot of things, you know, different races, different ways of doing things, different religion. We talked about religion a lot. And I just realized kind of all the similarities we all have, you know, regardless of the background, it may seem different, but, you know, we all have the same uh, ideals in life. Sure. Love our families, get back home safely to our families. Um, Talked about, like I said, religion, movies, sports, all these stuff. They taught me how to play cricket, which was, I still don't really understand the rules, but it was pretty fun. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was a great time. Cool. Um, uh, so then before you came out here, you worked out in LA or you were in Southern California. That's right. I got out of the air force in 2010, went out to LA mostly because, uh, you know, I didn't really get to go anywhere and I wanted to see something a little bit different. I went out there and I worked at uh, Los Angeles air force base as a consultant or a contractor, uh, working for the air force. Now the space force uh, is actually space force base. Yeah, uh, worked for them, the VA, uh, some local um, cities such as Santa Monica, doing the same type of thing, program management, acquisition, that type of stuff. And it's out there where I met Halle, my wife. We were in the uh, same MBA program together. That's how we met. Uh, we had our first child. We got married, had our first child, came back to Ohio to be a little bit closer to family. And our second child uh, came a little bit after that. And and we're glad that you're, you're here now and uh, your family's been a great addition to our to our congregation. Uh, so speaking of the fact that you're here, say a little bit about your call to ministry and, and maybe that's even kind of ongoing in some way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a that's it's an ongoing thing. It's a very interesting thing. So like I mentioned, we moved back to LA. This was in 2018. And I was still working for the same consulting firm, really great company. Uh, within that industry, there's a lot of cutthroatedness and a lot of transactionality. Um, but I worked for a really great company. I love this company, but um, I started to feel this need to to maybe do a little bit more for our community, um, to do a little bit more with my life, be a good example for my for my children, um, use the faith that I believe in as a way, as a conduit into making the community a better place. And maybe I didn't feel that quite as much in the job I was doing. So Halle and I had a lot of conversations about that. And I started a seminary at Methodist Theological School in Ohio, MTSO, and I actually didn't start at an MDiv, a Master's of Divinity, as all the other clergy you'll talk to did. I did a Master's in Social Justice. My original thought, and my thought even when I started my internship here, was I'll probably end up starting or working for a nonprofit or a social entrepreneurship, something along those lines. Uh, just so happened I volunteered for a Pride event here. I want to say that was 2020. I think it was June of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I got to know you, and I talked to Carrie Schwab, who was here at the time, and, and I think you guys had just started working on a um, strategic plan and started talking about social consciousness. So things really lined up, uh, as, as, as you're fond of saying, the spirit was moving in that spirit one. It was moving. And uh, so I started working here, still kind of with that idea that maybe ministry wasn't really my thing, at least as specifically as, as, as a member of the clergy. Um, and then time moved on. Um, I don't know. You were having a weird day or something. You know, I think you offered me a job. <laughs> um, so we took those steps. And 
and it's something I prayed about a lot and thought a lot about, you know, if this is like the thing I want to be doing. And I really felt a home here, a first community. So I'm actually still going through that process. As you mentioned, I'm going right. through a commissioning uh, process through the Disciples of Christ, uh, your denomination, um, taking lots of classes and things around that. And that's an ongoing thing and hope to get commissioned here, you know, potentially by the end of the year. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it's that soon. That was one of my questions for you after after the podcast. But we still yeah. got to do the psyche valve. So that's, that psyche valve still worried waiting. about that. Yes. One. Well, uh, you know, here's the thing. Everyone else who's on the clergy made it. You have no worries, okay. <laughs> <laughs> including me. I just need to be clear, including including me. Uh, all right, great. Let's. We, like I said, we're in the midst of our our stewardship campaign for the 2023 uh, ministry year, and and one of the ideas we've tried to emphasize since this began is that giving is more than just paying the bills. It's more than making sure we have fair salaries and compensation for our staff. It's it's really about um, uh, practicing our own spirituality, uh, much like prayer or uh, attending worship, um, singing, um, reading the Bible, studying the Bible with friends, serving in the community. Um, giving is, is every bit as much a spiritual practice. Say a little bit about that for you and how you practice that. I, I suspect it's a practice that began for you long before you came around here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we share a lot of the same ideals and God's grace and salvation isn't earned. It's given. And I think as disciples of Christ, we don't necessarily look at giving as a commitment, but it's, it's an opportunity. Right. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a spiritual practice and in a way that it kind of removes us from our needs. Uh, there's always a monopoly or a feeling that we, we need to take a monopoly on our, on our, assets, our money, our time, those things that we have. And, and I have those tendencies as well. And when we give, it kind of takes a break from it. it. It recognizes that we're blessed. It shows, hey, I'm blessed. I want to spend some time focusing on other people. And, that, and when you focus on other people, it helps to take some of that, um, you know, focus on ourselves off that we naturally tendency have the tendency to go to. And, you know, there's a saying, with your business or your household, you can tell what your values are when you see how you spend your time or your money. So I think that really applies here. And once again, I, I can I can I can get lost in that. I can get lost in how's how's my money doing? How's my four hundred one k doing? How's my salary? How's my time? Am I allocating enough time for myself? All of those are important. Those are things that we have Absolutely. to take care of. Right. We have families. We have obligations. But giving kind of allows us to recalibrate our hearts a little. And to start thinking about others and maybe this larger idea of Yeah, that's really well said. I, I you you uh something you said reminded me of uh, a preacher I heard back in my twenties, right after we got married. Um I just got out of college and had a job as a youth director. I wasn't ordained, hadn't gone to seminary yet. And this preacher was a guest speaker for a stewardship campaign or something. He said, If you want to know the God you believe in, uh, look at your checkbook. Uh, a check is a thing where a piece of paper used to write oh, okay. a piece of paper out. And I read about bank. those. Yeah, you probably heard about those. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, so Julie and I went home and opened up our checkbook, and it turned out we believed in pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we, we bought a lot of pizza in those days. But it was also really helpful to see, you know, what, what, what is our spiritual practice? I'm, I'm basically chipping a couple of dollars a week in the plate and not really thinking much about it or not really stretching my giving at, at all. And it was, that was a helpful sermon back, back, back in the day. So speaking of stretching uh, our, our giving, um, our, I think our listeners would love to hear about a time that you were inspired uh, to stretch your own self, to give a little more than you initially thought you could. I'm hoping there's a story like that in your 
in your life? And if, if so, tell us about it. Sure. And it's, and it's fairly recent. And, you know, giving is a lot of things. It's, it's giving of money, time, um, your talents and those things uh, that fall along those lines. Um, so it really kind of goes with what we we're just talking about, that change in careers for me. Uh, I've talked to Jim Long about this and, and people listening may know he was a lawyer until, you know, middle age. And in fact, our change in careers happened around the same time. So we joke that, you know, our midlife crisis would have been better served buying a Corvette or something. <laughs> Instead, we changed careers. And um, folks may not know this, but churches don't always pay quite as well as other industries. Shocking news. Shocking news. Yes. Yes. So changing my career from, uh, from a consultant, that was, you know, makes pretty decent money in that industry, was something we had to think about a lot. Once again, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to get into this nonprofit realm. I'm going to get into something that is focused on community. And that's not going to pay as well, you know. Um, so it was a lot of conversations with Halle, a lot of prayer, much creditor, super huge creditor. I mean, oh, we're, wow. we're married. We have two kids. There's all these obligations. And I'm like, hey, I, I'm not feeling fulfilled here. I want to do something else. And she was very supportive of that. So it was going through that process and trying to figure that out. You know, and maybe our finances changed a little bit and things, things along those lines changed a little bit. But it was about being able to give back to our community a little bit more in a way that we felt aligned with. and. And um, I am not the saint in this picture. It's it's her that was uh, you know allowing this to occur, and she believed in it as well at the sacrifice for us. You know, that's a huge thing to think about. I I, I suspect many people will resonate with what you just said. Uh, you you took a, you took a cut in income. You went back to school. Um, uh, any graduate program in any field is tough. Uh, my only experience is in is in seminary, and that's a big commitment to, of time and 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 money and resources. And I was gifted with a couple of uh, very generous scholarships uh, that um, were made available to me. But um, even still, we had to take out loans. And um, I, I think one of the things we share in common is we both married well. Um, when when uh, the, uh, the church I was serving in, in California, one way I heard the, the thing about check your checkbook to see what you believe in. When the board there met with me and said, we believe you have a, a call for ministry. Um, Julie and I wrestled with it, prayed over it quite a bit. And she was the one who said, you know what? I, I agree with them. Let's do it. And we moved all the way across country to Tennessee and, and had, didn't have jobs or a place to live. Uh, when we got there, the, the school took care of us for a couple of weeks, but, um, it was, it was quite an adventure and quite a thing. And, uh, looking back on it, and maybe this is similar for you. It, at, at the end of the experience, we were so glad we did it. We lived on peanut butter and cereal for, three years, but it was just overwhelmingly wonderful and met new people. And we learned how to speak Tennessean, yeah. <laughs> all of which was, was terrific. Sure. Yeah. It's a very transformative experience for sure. All right. Well, now I want you to step outside your role as a pastor for a moment and, and say why you give to first community. What is it about this church's mission and ministry that, that tells you to support it financially? Yeah, I, th I think a good way to look at that is what would happen if First Community just went away and what kind of vacuum it would leave in the community. Um, I grew up in, in churches where um, they did not necessarily look out at the community. It was very much uh, an othering type experience. We're on the inside. There's other people on the outside that are not living the way in their interpretation God would want them to live. So it was very insular often sometimes hateful language and rhetoric that occurred. And I think there's a lot of other people that have lived that experience. 
uh, people that were considered other within their church communities um, that did not receive the love that I believe God wants us to show to everybody. So what I love about First Community is it is accepting of all. It shows everyone that God's grace is for all. And we show that in the community. We don't just say that and keep ourselves insular. If there's an issue out in the community, we want to tackle it. We want that, want, we want that to be something that, that we show, hey, we believe in this thing. Um, it was really cool when we, you were there uh, as well, Glenn, when we did the uh, Pride March mm -hmm. as a church. Right. It was really cool to see folks out there as they were at the parade and, and the people in attendance and see their faces light up when they saw a church, not just saying, hey, uh, we tolerate you, but hey, we accept you, right. we affirm you, we love you. And to see that face because you know that there has been some hurt and some trauma there. So I think it's so important to have a, a church you know, the programs are great. Everything's great. But just having that, that church entity that goes out into the community says, hey, this is what we believe. This is God's love. It's for you. And we show that in a very tangible way. Yeah, that's really well said. And there's so many members of our church who have come from a similar background to yours uh, who've, who've said, I'm not going to pick on any individual congregations or denominations, but have since, you know, it was tough growing up where, where everybody was on the outside. And, and all of them were going to be punished at the end of their lives. And uh, I've, I've had people say to me, you know, um, this church in some ways saved my life, turned my life around, really gave me a whole new outlook and a new way of seeing things. And it's been a blessing. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I, I think there will be a huge gap in the community without, without first community. That's, that's, I've been here five years. This church has been this way for over 110. Uh, it's really an important part of who we are. All right. Uh, put your put your pastor hat back on now, and uh, I want you to, to to think about what you would preach if you were preaching a stewardship sermon. Now, I know you've got tremendous experience preaching. Um, it's, uh, it's exactly one so far, right? Exactly yeah. one. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, in fact, that probably means you'll have a better sermon than than I could come up with because I've been doing it too long. Um, so, think about yourself as a as a preacher, uh, and what, what are you saying on stewardship Sunday? Now, that's a great question, and I'm glad I'm not giving. <laughs> sermon, stewardship Sunday. Um, it's a, I think that's a tough thing to do to, to, to talk about tactfully. It's, you know, you, it's not, I wouldn't, it, you're not framing it really as we're keeping the lights on or, or we're making sure, uh, you know, the plumbing works or even talking about these great programs. That we have. Those are all great. And all those things have to happen. And that's super important. But I think you talk about the institution and what the institution and why that's important in our communities. Once again, if first community goes away, what happens? You have many other churches that either are intolerant and teaching kind of a us versus them message, and you know, people are going to be punished and, and, and have no real connection to the community or want to have a connection to the community. You have other churches that are kind of in the more lukewarm path. You know, we don't really want to get involved because we could lose members if we talk about this thing. We don't want to talk about that thing because this could cause a problem here. So you kind of have a lot of those types of churches. And, and, you know, there's more than just First Community that has this affirming message. And they're great as well. But I really think it's, it's huge, huge to have that, that example in the world to show the type of Christ's love and the message of God that I truly believe in that makes sense to me of this loving uh, God that is there for everyone, that grace is for everyone. So I would really key in on those key. 
all right, I think I'm going to re rewrite my sermon for this <laughs> Sunday. That's good stuff. Uh, it really is very, very good stuff. Um, all right, uh, final word. I always give all my guests on, on Faith Kit the final word, so it's yours as long as you want. What do you want to say to uh, the folks who are listening? Sure. Well, first, go Guardians. Still in first place. We'll, we'll come back to that. But I just want to say how happy I am to be here. Um, it's, it's really cool to have been in a, in a church that puts the community first and doesn't want to remain insular. And I came to this congregation before I came here. Uh, you guys were already talking about building social consciousness. It was, I mean, it was codified and codified uh, into um, the strategic plan. These are things that were happening before I was even here. And I saw that put in place. Um, so I, I really like that. And the folks that have been on my team, the, the genesis of your conversations that built these teams have been so dynamic and so on board. And we've been getting out in the community and we've been bursting the bubble and just getting out there and doing our thing. So I encourage anyone that's interested in community justice and interesting in advocating for people and showing God's love to, to other folks to come out to our teams. We have three teams. And they're centered around environmental justice, gun violence prevention, and racial equity. And, and really, the intersectionality of, of, of those topics can touch nearly any social issue or any issue that's important to people and advocating for people. Um, so we have many different things going on. We're project-based, so you don't have to come in and you know be a, a chair for three years. You can be like, I like that project, and that speaks to my heart, and I want to be involved in that project, and maybe I don't want to be involved in that project. Those things are perfectly great and also allows us to be very flexible to the things that are going on in our world. And we're a nonpartisan group. We, I'm personally not interested in partisan politics. We care about loving people and, and the message we believe that God tells us to do. So that's what we're interested in. We have lots of people from different backgrounds and different perspectives. And we have really good conversations, important conversations that we need to have. And we take those practices and, and take it out to the community that's so awesome to hear you say all that. Uh, this is this is very much what we dreamed of when these conversations began at the strategic planning level. Was what would happen if we made our our sense of social consciousness uh, a priority again? And uh, it's just been so so remarkable to watch you and your team and I, the, the people that you've got involved are are just super great folks. So, Phenomenal. Yeah. So glad you're on our team, Tim, and glad you're here. And and that's it for now. Thank you for listening, and we'll hear see you or be with you next week. Thank you. Thank you for being with us in this episode of Faith Kit. Join us next week for another enlightening conversation.